podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod two thirty five. Oh. No, not oh. not impressed by that. Okay. Oh. No, I've given. I'm, I still think your sequencing is wrong. But how is it wrong? No, it's well. Well, we, we have the extra pods and they they put it all out of kilter. But anyway, we'll get extra pods because then you get annoyed about that. Um, Only because I don't get asked to do them. <laughs> I did ask you at Spurs and then you couldn't. You oh, couldn't do true, it. Yeah. So never again. Yeah. Uh, that's Kevin Day. Cool. That's Hello. two minutes down. <laughs> Ed Knight. Hi. And before we introduce our new guest, uh, let's do our sponsors. Uh, we're sponsored by JC. No, we're sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. Nice. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Questionable. I will. I will. I am now. <laughs> uh, that's the voice of the Guardian's Dominic Firefield. How are you Hello. doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Welcome. How are you? All right. Uh, good. Um, been on the extra pod twice. Oh. Yeah, now on yeah. the full pod. This is the debut on this one. Nervous. Been promoted to the first team twice. Yeah. Twice, you say? Yeah, twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can of worms opened. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, it's been a while since we podded. It's been three Palace games since we podded because of the pesky sort of midweek game. Yes. With Brighton, so it was yeah. Stoke, Brighton, and West Brom. West Brom. And before we even get onto that, today has been a big day for Palace because they've unveiled plans for their. Brand new main stand mm. at Selworth Park. Now, Dom and I were down there this afternoon watching that. Um, I'm sure listeners would see pictures by now and seen the videos and stuff. It was a very glitzy uh, swish ceremony. As you would expect. <laughs> As you would exactly expect. Was it the plans and stuff? Were they what you expected from Palace? I thought the plans were, were superb. I thought they looked great. Um, I, liked, I liked the designs. I liked the ambition. Uh, I think the size of the stadium that they're looking to to have there, 34,000, is about right. Mm. I don't want to be too amb- ambitious when you've got the head of the Premier League talking about virtual reality um, spectators, etc., and people not even going to stadium in the future. So I think 34,000 is great. Um, £100 million potentially on the investment on the main stand alone. When it does sound as if a large proportion of that money will be the shareholders dipping into their pockets, mm-hmm. plus the benches, plus 10-year season tickets and all that shebang um i i retain a level of um caution having sort of having worked at palace back when there was a plan from noses stadium <laughs> design was sitting in the reception there gathering dust um the noises out the council sound cautionary as well but i think optimistically cautious mm-hmm. i think they think that something can get done and i thought the language that steve Parrish used today made it very clear that 
if this if there is if this is stalled, if this plan is stalled by the Sainsbury's or Croydon Council, then there are going to be a lot of angry people mm-hmm. aimed at those two rather than the club. Can um, I just pick you up on one thing really quickly there? VR fans, is that going to be a real thing? Well, no, that's what mm. Scudamore was going on about. He kept on taking us out. We, yeah, we saw it to... there today, all wearing the mutt shirts in there. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm just because Andy Street would love that, wouldn't he? It'd be right up his Andy Street. Andy yeah. Street. <laughs> Do, speaking of, I mean, because they look, they look fantastic. I mean, it looks, I mean, it's hard to get your head around that Sellers Park. I especially, I love yeah. the, the nod to the old Crystal Palace and the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. But how does it, do they talk about Sainsbury's? I mean, how does it fit with, will there be a brand well, new Sainsbury's in there? Will Sainsbury's be going? Because there was an issue up to about six months ago. There was an issue with who owns that, the, that little mm. parade of shops where the taxi well, rank I think those guys have been, effectively, their, their leases are not going to be renewed. Right. Um, and I think that's the club that's done that. So okay. Paris talked about a sliver of land that they would need to purchase from Sainsbury's, which they currently rent, I think, um, pro- pro- possibly it's on match days. It's mm-hmm. a little triangle between the club shop yeah, and the, might actually be, Sainsbury's might itself. Right. It's tiny yeah. little bit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, tiny, but, but it's disputed. It. So, yeah. uh, I, mean, I, I mean, look, that might be, that might be overly optimistic. Um, again, it may be that, that they'd have to look into compulsory purchases for some of the you know, the, the houses around there ultimately. But I think at the stage they're at the moment, um, and if everything that we saw today came to pass, um, it'll all happen with everything that's there pretty much still intact. So there'll still be a Sainsbury's. My mum will still be able to go to her right. local Sainsbury's and be happy. Um, the stand will remain intact whilst they build around it like they did at Anfield. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same architect. Same architect. Same architect. Yeah. 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 That's great. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, absolutely brilliant. So the, the actual... The tenancies wouldn't drop during that period, um, unless they're in the championship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, look, it looks yeah. it looks really optimistic. No, uh, it wasn't no, Will no. they have VR fans in the championship, or you have to build your own little telescope out of a cereal box <laughs> like when there's an eclipse? <laughs> There'll be them in a, no crystals, though. R.I.P. Crystals. Yeah, R.I.P. Well, that will oh, be... Is that where the fun is coming the, from? Uh, <laughs> the, <kind of> the <laughs> crystals. <laughs> no, as in the, 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 the nightclub. Yeah. Oh, right, crystals right. Oh, you meant the... the, the yeah, yeah, the other nightclub where your mum and dad had their wedding reception, that one. Yeah. The, oh, the <laughs> one I wasn't alive for. Yes, we that had one. Two, we had two wedding receptions. Remember yeah, fondly. The yeah. first one was in crystals. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how... It was classy. I still remember the taste of the lamb now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a conception story there. Oh, no. I am ready to walk. If he wasn't here, I would tell you the perception story. I wasn't quite sure how, because it said it will have an impact on uh, the half weight stand and make that bigger and more accessible. Is that purely because they'll move the TV gantry? Yeah. Yes, that's going. Yeah. Right, because right. that's the one issue that really need anybody who's. You can't have a shiny off. new main stand and a. And a Stampede risk in the alpha weight still. Which we, without swearing, but the sentiment is absolutely right. Sorry, I mind it. It was, it was just yeah. the consonants. You didn't mind it. But that, is, that, <laughs> is, that is an, 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 <laughs> you know, if anything's going to be redeveloped, that health and safety risk at half time in the alpha weight needs yeah. looking at. So I'm pleased to say that it also meant that they, 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 I'm still not sure how, but it says it's going to free up. It doesn't sound as if it's, I mean, they will concentrate on the main stand. I think it, and it will be joined either side to. The homestead on the White Horse um, mm. as well, um, and and the, the possibility of removing pillars in future, I think they will look at. But I don't right. think that's a priority at the moment. And we're we're talking, well, a two-year build. It said two years, <clears throat> but I think more importantly, will will be when they get the permission to do it. Yeah, yeah. And and if, if so, planning permission goes in in January. 
they thought they said late next year they could start the building work, which might be. I mean, look, that's just me being cautious, but I, I think that might be. We still got have a con- consultation with, yeah. with with people locally as well. Yeah, and we know the thing is, Steve Parrish knows very well from the plans to move to Crystal Palace Park a couple yeah. of years mm. ago mm. that these things are never straightforward, and even the tiniest amount of opposition can set things back yeah. a very well, long the, time. The difficulty with Crystal Palace Park is that you had four boroughs yeah. meeting in the middle, yeah. plus also a sort of quite, yeah. yeah, but also a sort of bourgeois set of people in Crystal Palace who were objecting to... Well, just lost those listeners. The disruption to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the people who were objecting to the disruption of their Saturday right, mornings okay. in the farmers' yeah, markets. Yeah. And whereas around... I mean, if you're going to rebuild the halfway, you've got a problem because you've got people living there but yeah. the back of the main stand is, is pretty much car park Sorry. and nothing else for the moment, yeah. mm. would you like to hear some of the, the highlights well. Well, yeah. no, there's on the VR tour there's it seems to be acres and acres of sort of plaza around the main stand which as far as I'm aware isn't there well, no, well, that that's the car park it's not yeah. currently plaza it's currently car park well, it'll be a car park. <laughs> it'll still be Sainsbury's car park. It's got as far but it'll as have trees in it. It'll have trees in it. Trees, as in like, when they could, do they grow in two years? They could, cut <laughs> down, they could cut down the trees to make wood for a roof for the fan zone. Yeah, or more chairs for the Arthur White. Or, yeah. Yeah. Actually, they didn't say what's happening to the fan zone, actually. So. I wonder whether that became marketing. Uh, so not marketing, uh, as in commercial. You know, because they're having to take out a lot of the commercial yeah. things for, for the course of the build. Yeah. Talking about putting things in tents like Liverpool did outside. Right. So, you, you, you know, you, your corporate events would take place in tents I imagine that would that would be the well, obvious place well, to that stick little in. sort of temporary classroom shop <laughs> in the car park where's that going to go I quite like the little model Tracy Island thing that, that Roy and uh, Steve were sort of posing over in all the pictures yeah it was it was nice well, yeah. so fact, it, it took it took three days to put the fan zone up so it'll take less than that to take it down I imagine <laughs> They're all, I mean, also, I thought it was nice that they're filling in the corners as well. So, yeah, yeah, now at the moment, yeah. we've got open corners, and the they're going to be filled in. The sound filtering acoustic uh, process is said to be roof. Yeah. Ro- oh, is, that what <laughs> <laughs> is it not according to the website? Is it not a specially designed roof to filter sound well, down? Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's a roof. Yeah. Do you want to hear some other features <laughs> that, that, are, that, are, that are in it? Cutting through to, the, cutting through to the, the root of the problem. <laughs> uh, we've made it now. We've got a roof. Okay, so the pitch is being increased. Apparently, is it? which so I, eligible for tournaments? Well, eligible wow. for U- UEFA tournaments. Yes. So Palace very much <laughs> yeah. big ambitions there. Um, <laughs> I was always under the impression that no, talking about in terms of if we bid for World Cups and uh, oh, European right. Championships, that we would become part of the bids uh, yeah. rather than planning for being in the Champions League. Right. Okay. It's Although, quite you know, in terms of how, how they're going to do that, they're going to lengthen the pitch, but there isn't an, an awful lot of space well, either, unless you're going to take rows out there. At one of the stands. I don't I mean, well, they'll, they'll have it all. Planned, it's an extra but... five. It's an extra five meters in length. Right. All right. So I don't know unless they're going to take a few. Yeah, take a few rows out of the white horse and the handstand or something. So. Um, we're also getting. So we need a keeper who can kick further. Then. Well, we'll come on to that yeah. later. Will we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were also getting much like Man City and Tottenham's new stadium, a tunnel club. Uh-oh. Are you aware, no you aware of that? Though. Tunnel, tunnel <laughs> no cheese bar, though. No cheese bar. cheese bar at Spurs. I thought, the first, yeah. as well. I thought the first rule of Tunnel Club is that we didn't <laughs> talk about Tunnel Club. <laughs> um, do you know what it is? <laughs> I've not, no, I saw it in the, in the email, uh, website thing today. But what? It's, uh, it's a glass, it's a one-way glass, so the fans can see the players lining up in the tunnel to go right. out, but the players can't see them, because that would be a horrible experience for That's the players, wouldn't it? Like um, an aquarium. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> it's just like a David Attenborough thing, you're observing them in their natural habitat. Exactly. That is really... <laughs> exactly. It'd be better if you could see them in the dressing room after a game, wouldn't it? 
Uh, well, they get, they're installing the peepholes and glory holes as well. Just that same same thing. So, but, it's so not, that's not written down here. But so let me get this right: peepholes and glory holes. Let me get this right. So the players can't sounds see like an them. Endicott band, doesn't it? The players can't see them. Yeah, so they can they see, see the, players. the players. You can see the players. Yeah, so, yeah. Like so you're a, spying. Like a, you're spying like a, on the players. Like a like police like interview room. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I imagine everybody will be mature enough to not to make gestures then <laughs> when oh, they're trooping in at half time and you're two nil down to yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah strange. And so people will pay to be able to see the players. Yeah, that'll be part of the certainly at Man City and, and Tottenham's new stadium. It's part of the corporate so experience. So it's not good enough yeah. to see them kicking a ball about. You have to see them yeah. stamping. And up where does it go from there? Maybe it will be changing rooms in the future. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Two-way mirror in Damien Delaney's house. <laughs> Maybe. I'd pay, actually, I'd pay for that. <laughs> yeah, <time. laughs> definitely. <laughs> all right, a few other things. There's going to be a new museum, apparently. Documenting What's the club's history. It's going to be all silverware. Maybe Damien Delaney will be in the museum. Yeah, oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. Sorry, that's harsh. the Kent Cups in there. And actually... More importantly, improved disabled facilities. Yes, Paris yeah, name checked that today and yeah, said yeah, they've yeah. they, they done some, they want to do a lot more. Yeah. So that'll be, be good. And then facilities for Palace for Life Foundation, educational stuff. So, but with a standard that size, there's going to be more opportunities, that kind of thing, surely. Yeah, that, it yeah. looks huge in that photo. It looks massive. Um, okay. It does look I mean, the, the Palace for Life, the, the foundation is growing every month, so that needs proper offices because there's not enough space for them. In the ground at the moment, it's it's great. It just it just takes a bit of getting used to because we're used to seeing everybody else get a brand spanking new stand or a new ground. But I'm, I'm glad that we finally settled at Sellers Park. There's always been that slight yeah concern, that you, you know. But I just as long as they retain one bit that's really scruffy. Well, you still have the Arthur Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no, not our bit, JD. Yeah. No, no. Well, we I, get... think, I think because the Anfield one was on time, wasn't it? And they were yeah. more constricted in terms of space, weren't they? Because it forced. Slightly different scenario, I think. There were big houses they had to do um, to buy compulsorily um, along one of the roads next to the stadium. But I mean, I worked on Merseyside for six years, and I'm pretty sure that very few of those houses were actually occupied quite right. often. Um, yeah, because it looked quite bleak at the end. Because they, as they, they bought each house and yeah. boarded it up, there's one there's one poor old lady. Who, they were, waiting to see out wasn't they, until they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, would you guys like to hear a little bit from Steve Parrish today from the unveiling? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Got a few words from him on, on, on talking about the plans of the stadium and plans for the future. So this is what Steve said at that very glitzy, plush unveiling today at Sellers Park. So you can see... Um, at the heart of the development will be a new main stand, a new Crystal Palace, five storeys high. Uh, but that isn't where the story ends. This really is a reimagination and a redevelopment of the whole of the stadium. Uh, there's something for everybody. Number one, we want to make the pitch regulation size very important. FIFA UEFA compliance, so that we can host internationals, we can host European games in London. Not everybody needs a 60,000 seat stadium. This stadium will be 34,000 seats uh, when we do these developments. The Arthur Wade stand will remove the TV gantry, which will massively improve the sight lines. We'll connect the main stand onto the exact boxes in the White Horse Lane end and connect it onto the Homesdale to create that bowl environment that we know works so well to even enhance our uh, atmosphere. Uh, obviously, corporate hospitality will be expanded with new boxes along the main stand, but there's something for everyone. More general admission, which we'll be using to help us keep ticket prices down as much as we can. Obviously, we'll improve all of the disabled facilities, disabled access. We did a lot of work this summer on that, but we'll be doing a lot more to be absolutely compliant to make sure 
that all types of supporters can enjoy coming to Sellers Park. So, a fantastic uh, new icon, we think, for South London. So that was Steve Parrish there talking about uh, Selhurst. Obviously, he's very, very excited. Can I just establish one thing? You keep saying glitzy plush. Is this a sarcastic Palace version of glitzy no, plush? No. Was it actually glitzy plush? Well, I mean, Dom can... It, well, it kind of was, wasn't it? In a Palace way, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, good <laughs> I, I, I thought they did it really, really well. Yeah. I thought Chris Grierson did a fantastic yeah. job um, opening it all up. Um, and Parrish spoke very well. Um, I quite like the way Palace is... Palace, though, still, and I still felt that was a Crystal was a Palace when, event. When they <laughs> unveiled it, I wasn't expecting it, they unveiled the curtain suddenly. It was a bit all bit Thunderbirds, wasn't yeah. it? And the curtains went back and suddenly Two had people these have big... whipped off the, the sheet of the, yeah. the plan, <laughs> plan, which, and which was... Which was, was uh, yeah, did they have any play? We can start stopping oh, Hang on, hang on. Oh, no. Who was there? There we go. Hang on, hang on. Can you ask that question again? Did they have any players there looking self-conscious and they're kind of pointing at the pictures no. way? No. Who was there? I mean, who was in attendance? It's just Roy. Just, but in terms of the public, and was it only Roy? I think there were some stakeholders there, weren't they? They called them and, and various. And the guy from the architect as well. They were there. Yeah, yeah, spoke yeah, a bit. Absolutely. And what and were the the was it just an audience of journalists, or there were about probably about fifteen journalists. Sort oh, of thought okay. from nationals and locals and radio mm. were there. TV, yeah. Sky were there. Yeah, cool. Well, it's um, a great. I mean, in terms of employment for the local area and and, great. and for local businesses, it's really good, isn't it? Absolutely. It's just really a shame that we're going to get relegated immediately after it happens. Not we'll mm. just put put it off. <laughs> put um, it off for a few years. I would recommend people go onto the website, the yeah, Palace website, and, and get on the VR, the virtual reality link. Oh, it looks you great. can actually because we the they were giving us these goggles, weren't they? VR goggles to look at. I've done that. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. Brilliant. Oh. Uh, it was I've so many people wearing Jordan Mutch and Jason Punch and shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did the BR. There are loads in Mutch shirts. Loads. Um, was there already a queue at the bar? It <laughs> being Palace. There was no bar. 15, I, I put the VR minutes. things on, didn't realise that there was interviews with Roy and Parish Connors. I think I wandered into the background of a couple of Scott Sports <laughs> interviews. It's quite disconcerting. I was like, where am I? I was desperately trying to work out, spinning around, trying to find my mum's house up on the hill, which they hadn't done. The graphics didn't extend that far, so it was literally just the stadium yeah. and the crowd and the, and, the, and the 442 out on the pitch, which was quite interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, a little I glimpse into the, I love the fact that apparently Roy Hodgson's first motivational speech to the players, he talked about trolley buses. <laughs> and now he's got to deal with virtual reality headsets. <laughs> it's a what big change for Roy, isn't it? He used to watch VR in the, in the hostel when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's all black and white in those days, of course. <laughs> yeah, they only got three channels on <laughs> <isn't> it. <laughs> Just finally on the stadium then, because we get asked on this podcast every week about stadium plans. Are, is, are things happening? What's going to happen? And now we've finally got yes. them and they're here. Are they what you expected, Kevin? This is the sort of thing that you we hoped we might be talking about at some point. To be perfectly honest, the... Better than I expected. I mean, about a year ago when Steve Parrish was, was first talking about the plans that he had, and they were they were wonderful plans, and the way he described it, they were, they were fantastic. And then sort of six months later when we weren't too sure about the Americans' commitment and league position, they seemed to get slightly downgraded. So I, I think they're amazing. I think they look, they look absolutely fantastic. I, I, so I'm really excited about it. It's just, I'll be intrigued to see how they incorporate what is a slightly older stadium into a proper space age thing but how can you not love a stand that's got eagle's wings at the end of it yeah I, th- I thought <laughs> yeah, it was like too. a giant crystal part I think it looks I'm just really impressed by the the, the nod to the club's history 
in a really futuristic building, and it's great. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, let's face it, we're long overdue proper facilities. I mean, the reception's changed, and some of the corporate things have changed, but it's still quite a shabby experience on match day for most fans. So I think this is brilliant, and also it's a way. Unfortunately, it's the way of the world, isn't it? That you have to maximise the finances from the stadium yeah. Yeah. in the future. So this is a way of, a way of doing it. I think it's great. The I, only I, thing I, I would say, Ed, is that um, Palace is obviously known. It's an old stadium and a lot of people give that credit, credit for the atmosphere. Saying, oh, it's a classic old stadium, so you get the good atmosphere. Now that we're making it more futuristic, you've you got to still somehow cling on to that sort of Selhurst fortress vibe, if you will. I think a lot of... It seems like a lot of the stuff that's being done has been done to the main stand. And I don't think it's unfair to say that a lot of the vibe generally comes from the Homestead or the Arthur Way. Yeah. That it's not that yeah. aspect of it isn't changing at all. If anything, it's adding more people to the main stand is gonna make the vibe better. I'm quite I'm quite impressed with the the changes and the the plans because I sort of a part of me thought when the eventually come out it would be like a seventy thousand seater mm. huge glass monstrosity in Crystal Palace yeah. Park. Uh, you know, built for competing in the Champions League. So I'm really impressed <laughs> with sort of what the direction they've gone with it and the the kind of realism and like you mm. say 34,000 mm-hmm. is yeah. a good number yeah. Yeah. they're saying we're not going to do too much we're going to stay where we are we're just going to and paying, att- paying attention to the club's history and stuff I think it's a really kind of reserved and the doable a- the atmosphere will be better because he's got a sound focusing roof <laughs> no, it's got, AKA it's a, a roof, roof. A roof. Yeah. Yeah, did they not mention the facilities for players so presumably changing rooms would be much they can do all that yeah, yeah. much better yeah. now as yeah. well yeah. Sure we've, we've, we've talked about Big Sam on this pod yeah. talking about the changing yeah. rooms yeah. and how embarrassed yeah. he was by them and, yeah. yeah well it's another step yeah. towards you know we said for a while the infrastructure of the club needs to get a training, it, training ground is yeah, an issue yeah. as well but it's yeah. definitely a big step forward and all yeah. that I don't know if on the website but in terms of how they're building it and incorporating the main stand if that graphic is on that site it's definitely worth having a look at because it is fascinating see how the the current stand will be completely dwarfed by what is going oh, above it show, yeah. five yeah. stories yeah. above yeah. it and, yeah. and it's and it's amazing and, and to think they can do all that whilst retaining the main stand so that people can still attend yeah. and keep the tendencies yeah. up etc i think the whole the whole project is it's is fascinating wor- worryingly it's grown up for us isn't it yeah that, that's the perfect <laughs> way to do it it's it's, it's grown up the realistic yeah. Well, speaking of being grown up, and oh, I can't think of a link for that. Sorry. Yeah, none of That's us. the end of part one. No, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the end of part one. It's Hi. not because we haven't talked about football. We haven't talked oh, about any games. games. Why, don't oh, yeah. next, why don't we have an extra part? Why don't we take a break now? Okay, let's part take a break. All right, yeah, yeah. part one and a half. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, after that seamless link, um, we're going to talk about Palace's actual games after this short break. Hello and welcome back to the 5 Year Plan Podcast. Part 1.5. Extra advertising for our sponsors, which is, of course, Vector Printing. For your printing board, you need to go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, way more more confident now. Way more confident (laughs) he's going to visit that website. Um, Okay, so special uh, 1.5 part this week because we didn't talk about football in part one. So let's talk about football now. And we've got three games to look at. I want to go to the most recent one. I mean, two of them were nil-nil. Mm. The other one was 2-1 win, like late to win. The most recent game, Palace at West Brom, a well-earned point. But as Roy said afterwards, Palace players could have been excused for not putting in a particularly professional performance because they had the craziest of journeys and overnight stays up there, Kevin, didn't they? Well, they had a very long, delayed train journey and then they had uh, apparently an Indian wedding. 
which kept them awake late at night. But anybody who's ever played Sunday football will say, what are you talking about? It's, just, <laughs> it's what happens, isn't it? You, get, you don't go to sleep at night before a game. You have a long journey there. Someone tweeted and, me and said they're lucky yeah. it wasn't an Irish wedding. They are lucky, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's a pretty still. They still they would have been forced to get out of bed and go to it. <laughs> they still be at it. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. The details of this, the journey only came out. It's, the oddest thing for me was the sudden disappearance of James Tonkins, who wasn't mentioned in dispatches in the list of four players who weren't mm-hmm. or expecting fitness tests. Well, he turned up about 10 minutes before team news was announced at the Hawthorns. He bowled into the press lounge and started watching the end of the Chelsea Newcastle game oh, well, sitting down. Right. We were all like, well, he definitely shouldn't be here. But well, what's yeah. happening? And it's interesting that he went for Kelly rather than Fossi Mensah. Yeah, I, do, I don't think he rates Fossi Mensah. I don't it? think he does at all. But I, think uh, I, I thought, and I was really pleased that um, obviously Henderson, yeah, Andy Street, as, as a memorial to Andy, who's not here at the moment, <laughs> we should say he would have been absolutely delighted yeah. that Julian had to go in goal. Um, I'm really pleased that most people said Wardy was man of the match because yeah. I don't know how many times we have to say it. He just keeps coming back from adversity, that boy, and just yeah. clearly so fits well. into Roy's template yeah. and is looking like a Premier League footballer again. I, I love it, Wardy. It's coming to something where I was so excited. I had a ticket for the Brighton game and then circumstances uh, stepped in. But I was really chuffed with that result and I was equally chuffed with the away point at yeah, uh, West Brom. Two we talked about we, yeah, points. we talked about baby steps a few weeks ago, yeah. and then to beat Stoke in the circumstances that we did when we arguably didn't deserve to, oh, was... and then to suddenly get two clean sheets, two points away from home, I was I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really was really especially good. against um, a Pardew team, Dom, and and Pardew, as we very well know as Palestinians, always gets this the fabled new the manager bounce, bounce yeah. thing. <laughs> did with us against Spurs in his first game. And he, he set out his team more attacking than it had been. Three players up front, which he hadn't done for a while. And Palace, you know, they with standard pressure, but they kind of nullified them really, didn't they? Yeah, look, it was a good defensive performance second half in particular when West Brom did come at them properly. Um, so that is progress. I do, I do, think, it's, I do think it's remarkable that, that Palace are 18th in the division. They still haven't scored away from home since April. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just think that's staggering. It probably says more about the division than, than anything yeah. else. Um, very promising yeah a little just uh, to, to think that this team could keep two consecutive clean sheets in away games that is progress that, yeah. that is yeah. the Roy effect um, on, on a couple of the the other points on Fossi Mensah I can only imagine that there's a clause in that deal whereby if he doesn't play enough games and United can recall uh, him and maybe okay. Palace think they can get another player in on loan right. in January instead. That's, that's interesting. That's a theory. That's that's a theory. Yeah. I wonder yeah. whether that's... What's, what's happened to Riedewald as well? Well, he was on the bench. We say it every, 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 every week. We say it. Riedewald, who was you know, rated as highly as Davidson Sanchez. Yeah. I thought Riedewald's Kelly... best position when he's played has been in midfield. Yeah. Right? yeah. In midfield, yeah. Palace have actually yeah. looked pretty good recently. Yeah. They missed Kabai Saturday by all accounts, but because he's been playing really, really well yeah. recently. I, th- I presume Hennessy, because the, the, the reason, I was going to say excuse, but the reason he gave for Hennessy <laughs> playing against Stoke, because that, again, that surprised everybody in the Porsons, was the size of Stoke's. I can only team. imagine that was the case. But then you wouldn't argue that necessarily for Brighton, you would for West Brom, but it seems yeah. to me that he's decided that Hennessy's is number one keeper notwithstanding all these rumours that were after this German keeper but it seems to me that Hennessy seems to be his first choice again I think he is but I think you have to give Julian enormous amounts of credit because he had 25 minutes to prepare on on Saturday for a game thinking it was going to be number two stepped in kept clean sheet pulled off a brilliant save from Jay Rodriguez at the start of the second half and generally and I know this is labelled at him again that oh well he's not tall enough to be a goalkeeper but 
caught everything, wasn't phased by any anyone coming in on him, any big way from players. And it's the second time this season now that he's stepped in and done a job. And I actually think after Saturday, it'll be incredibly harsh, even if Roy does think that Wayne is his number one, to drop him after that. Because it's the second time this season Julian's come in and yeah. yet again, after 14 years at the club, done a job for us. Well, you can't use the height excuse against Bournemouth, can you? Because Bournemouth are a nippy, mobile attacking team rather than a... Route one long ball team. I'm slightly concerned, and I don't know if Dom's got more insight about this than I have. The fact that we ended up with a, a, an unfull complement of substitutions, That's, yeah, I can't which, which even allowing for the journey and the late nights yes. didn't seem to be justified. Um, by that it. makes no sense to me at all. It, it really doesn't. I mean, it's, if there were if there were issues booking the hotel and not realising there was a function in the hotel, that's bad enough. Yeah. yeah. But then to only take 18 when you've name-checked four players in a press conference on the Friday that there are doubts over, including Scott Dan, who didn't make it on the match mm-hmm. day. Um, I... But not including James Tompkins. And not, but yeah, yeah, my understanding yeah. was that Tompkins was a doubt on Friday and just oh, wasn't mentioned. Oh, OK. Um, so they've taken... A, a lot of players with a lot of doubts over there. And mm. Kabai was one of the ones name checked and didn't yeah. travel. Yeah. So he he was always going to be out. Yeah. Uh, he took yeah. a bad kick, I think, on the and he was already carrying something at going yeah. to the Brian game. But it makes no sense to me to just take eighteen. I don't I don't Maybe they see only the had nine rooms left in a hotel. But it does seem it's it's slightly strange as we talked about the stadium being grown up, it's slightly yeah. It does look shabby a little bit for a Premier League football to team to not have the full amount of substitutions. We're not having Neil Warnock as manager again. Exactly well, yeah, what I was going to say. You yeah. tweeted that pre-match, didn't you? Yeah. And it was, I mean, to not have a Henry on the bench yeah. as a as a backup, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's, it makes no sense. It's, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Mm. Yeah, because suddenly you're in. You, you know, you're chucking. I mean, who go, who you goes? Who goes? No, no keeper Loftus on the bench. Cheek is yeah. quite. Yeah. I don't know. Who would you? Who would you put in goal? Kelly just to get him off the pitch. I don't know, but nah. he played. Well, he, played he played decently. He played decently enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it just yeah. Because you wouldn't normally travel with three keepers. I just I think would've... in a match day squad, in inverted commas, you you'd think you'd have. I think these days. I mean, look, I don't. Yeah. I I cover a lot of Chelsea. Right. There's no way that Chelsea wouldn't take. Three keepers to every away game. You'd have the academy keeper at least, or one yeah. of them at least with you. So Absolutely. You can, so when something happens, and you've got a certain amount of grace time, you can put somebody yeah. in yeah. to replace them. And then, but I mean, it's academic. I don't know whether Roy decided not to use the substitutes. He only used one, so as not to draw attention to the maybe to the fact maybe. But all that into consideration, the lack of subs, the travel. Yeah, it it, I mean, it was <laughs> it was a very good well. performance, yeah. and, and like you said, we're yeah. taking baby steps in the right direction. Yeah, uh, uh, we, we would have taken the, the last pod we did. I think Jesse said, if we can get four points out of the next three games, and we went, mm. yeah. But uh, we've got we were settled for five quite happily. And also, yeah. if you look, I was watching the league table match the day two last night, and you look in the current form thing, of the bottom eight clubs, our current form is by far the best. Our, yeah, there's not enough wins in there, but yeah. in mm. terms of stopping the drip, drip, drip of defeat, yeah. it's looking really... And just, as Dominic said, the fact that we're off the bottom... After giving everybody a seven-game start, yeah. it's, it's absolutely well. Remarkable. If you'd be a Swansea or West Ham fan, you'd be. But it's, taken, oh, yeah, but it's sort of done it in increment. We haven't. It hasn't been like okay, he's come in, he's set the world on fire. We won three yeah. games, and then it went back to. It's been slow progress. Yeah. But that's why I think that, and I understand people saying we need to start winning away from home. We need to score goals away from home. Of course we do. But in terms of where we started. The last three games have been fantastic progress, and, well, two, and the two clean sheets and two away points is, represents progress. And, and f- in terms of sustaining that, you want to do it slowly. And because you, you talked about JD a couple of weeks ago, if we can go into the new year with sixteen points, which would be the same as last season, yeah. we've now got seven games 
to do yeah. that, I think. Yeah. And, and some very winnable games. Yeah, I understand two of them are Arsenal Man City, but we've got seven games in which we can get six yeah. points to be where we were. Well, let's, let's talk about progress then by going back one game to the Brighton game, which was was nil nil. Mm. And after mm. all the build up, and there was it had been four years since we played them, and there was countless stuff on social media and Wilf whipping up the Brighton fans on social media and stuff. <laughs> it ended up being one of the dullest games I think I've ever watched live. But in yeah. hindsight, if we're talking about these baby steps, maybe actually that was just kind of you know perfect for us. Really, not perfect, but perfectly good. I think Wilson issue because it's two games running where two teams have found it relatively easy to negate Wilf but I think the Brighton game was always they would they would have wanted to not lose that as much as we wanted to, to yeah. not lose that I yeah. mean, the the inevitable didn't happen yeah, Townsend was in the right place to stop Murray's. Murray yeah. well I thought it was a foul by Murray to be perfectly honest I thought it was as well I thought it was a foul but yeah. that, I've, for me that was a great result I celebrated that result like it was a win that was yeah because yeah, we all yeah, we all go through the scenarios in your head as well. yeah do you, I mean, especially not to lose the first game in the Premier League. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think Wilf maybe got overawed by, or almost kind of got swept up in the whole expectation beforehand a little bit because he, he was subdued on the night? Um, no, I don't. I thought he played as well as you can expect him to play in a central role that he's learning. Um, I thought there was a wonderful moment in the second half where he, he turned and drew a foul from Lewis Dunk that got Dunk booked which I think Wolf would have seen as a little bit of a victory, <laughs> uh, given their history. Um, yeah. I'd like to see Wolf play wide, personally, but, yeah. but I can see why Hodgson thinks that there's, there's value in having support up there, particularly when you haven't scored a goal. And I think Benteke at the moment, given the rustiness to him, needs support around him. But, you know, had, had, had Wolf been slightly sharper, he would have scored the, the, the best chance of the yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, there was an open goal for a yeah. split second there. Yeah. And it was, great. it was a great save by, well, by they Matthew seemed Ryan. To, seemed to go over his wrong foot, didn't he? Yeah. Unfortunately. But, it was but, split second, so... Yeah. But look, I, I, don't, I don't have any... I think, I think Wolf is... I, I, I just... As a neutral, I would love watching Wolf. As a, as a Palace fan, I love watching yeah. Wolf. Yeah. As a professional going to games, I love writing about him because mm. he's just... He's just so entertaining and unpredictable and irrepressible. I think, I think he's... It doesn't seem to be a limit on it, how, no. how much better he can get as well. No. There's no cap on his talent. As, just, as every a, season, he's, we say this is his best season yet. Yeah, exactly. As a, as a fan as well, it's brilliant to have a player who's not afraid to say, I really want to win this game. I don't like this yeah. team. Right. Well, yeah, and how player who will enter into Twitter beef with Harry the Hornet? That's yeah, what we yeah. want. <laughs> well, in, at the box part thing, someone said to him, how, how much do you hate Brian on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. And he said 11. Yeah. Oh, and then all, a lot of players were coming out last week Loftus-Cheek and others saying well Wilf's been telling me Wilf's been telling everyone about yeah, yeah. the Brighton game and how big it is yeah we thought Punchin would be doing that but it was Wilf yeah, who was it doing was that Wilf. Yeah. Punch is well in fairness to him I do yeah. like him. I feel sorry yeah. for Punch generally but, but yeah he, he was having a go he does mean a lot to the it's Lord, just so, yeah. on a tangent is there, is there a way in, back into the game this team for Punch do you think not with the midfield functioning as well as it is at the moment no if there's no room for MacArthur in a first choice team there's no yeah. room for Punch at the no. moment is there yeah Okay. I think I think it's probably right. Just yeah. to go back to the Brighton thing very quickly, the best sight of the evening was the thousands of empty seats with two minutes to go when they weren't losing. Brighton fans just went off on mass. We know that's going to happen. I know, though. but it just, it's good that the world see it. Speaking yeah. of empty but, seats, but, but, though. But talking to punch, uh, there's, no, there's no way for him to start on his team again. The, the only way punch is going to get on is if we're protecting a two goal lead. Right. And he mm. comes on to slow the game down a little bit and just to hold the ball. But mm. you can't just. And I think. I think with hindsight, I think it's actually quite brave of Hodgson to make the decision to, to because it would have been easy. Yeah, the way Sam did to deal with it was to make him captain. Yeah, it would have been easy for Hodgson to say, "Yeah, he's a local lad. He's one of the. He's a legend. We're going to 
build a team around him, but he didn't. And that must have been a difficult... I'm guessing, Dom again will probably have more insight, I'm guessing Roy would have spoken to to Jason about that before he, before he did it. Uh, yeah, I would have thought so. And certainly he's had to have that conversation again with Scott Dan since, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mm. He's, um, I mean, we had a... Stoke game was it no the last one the Brian actually had two captains on the bench yeah yeah yeah, yeah we did yeah. and, and Mamasaka is a new captain now was the Stoke game his first game as captain yeah. was it Everton yeah. Stoke yeah. so he's unbeaten as captain is, do you think he's the right sort of candidate then he's a big character of, in the change room isn't he he's captain of PSG at 17 yeah. I mean he's not going to have a problem <laughs> captain in Crystal Palace <laughs> and he's helped I think it will help the, the, bring the best out of Kabai um, mm-hmm. Benteke uh, the sort of French-speaking contingent yeah. in there. I think it's it's quite canny. He's a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, very vocal. He's actually, he's playing that well at the moment. To be honest. <laughs> well, against Stoke. I mean, actually, I want to go on to Stoke in a minute, but before it's we do all that, these magnificent turns that he's. Uh... <laughs> he always got the win against Stoke, and I actually, I actually thought him and Ruben were our two worst players on the night, and they got the goals. But never mind. I was chuffed that they got their first goals for Palace. Though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Especially Ruben, he deserved one. The Brighton game, we can't talk about that without obviously the ticket issues and the fan troubles yeah. and the flares and stuff. It is a bit frustrating, isn't it, that after a game like that, that's what everyone outside of Palace and Brighton sees. And, a, and one police officer said it was the worst well, hooliganism he's seen in ever, which yeah, I don't which, know if that's true or not. But Well, I saw the pictures. There were more police than fans that couldn't get in there. Mm-hmm. It, it, just seeing the photographs, it's, uh, it looks quite unfair. It looks yeah. like they're just standing it's, there while loads of horses sort of glaring down. Well, I think that was the case. It's, it's interesting. Take a leaf out of a Newcastle fans book. I've got colleagues who are Brighton fans who said that they didn't particularly notice anything worse outside. It's it's you kind of have to wear. I think it's just, it's just, it's terrible that in this day and age there are still people that go for want of a better word tooled up to a football game. And on the other hand, you know, if I was talking to Five Live, Talk Sport, or whatever, I'd be saying this is shocking. We must condemn this in the harshest possible words. I wouldn't really mean that saying it on the podcast it's like it's 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 you know no one wants to see it happen yeah but at the same time on a scale of one to ten it wasn't a ten it was just you know, we know the people who are responsible you can if you're being generous you can say they're over enthusiastic but in the great scheme of things the police clearly didn't handle it well as one of the people marched and it's, it's i'm still laughing about it, as i know him quite well as a 60 year old tory councillor who walks with two sticks because of a double hip replacement he was one of those refused entry to the ground and marched against his will to the railway station we know mm. the stories of people being separated from people inside so yeah it, it's, it's it's not it's not it's not ideal <laughs> but, it's, but it's not great when it's other palace fans that are then not getting up to, to see the game and they're the ones that lose no, absolutely it's not it's there's none of it is is good but also none of it is as bad as it was portrayed i think and i don't think even the media really had the heart in the end to, to whip it up to the frenzy that they wanted to to whip yeah, it I've up. Yeah, I've not really seen much about it. I thought the club dealt with it really well the next day by apologising, you know, in particular to the two stewards who were who were yeah, one of them being a Palace steward. Yeah, and yeah. The, 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 of course, no one wants to see it, but and I'm not apologising for it. But all of us who were brought up in football, all of us who were brought up passionately, you, you know, the, the press built it up. I did loads of TV media stuff before, and you did. did you know, every newspaper had a big story about why it was a fierce rivalry. Mm. So you, you've got four weeks of, of, of Sky going, oh, this is a big one. You've got four weeks of the BBC going, oh, why are they rivals? And then you're surprised that there's there, there are incidents. And it's, well, it's you know, a couple, a couple of kids with flares. It's just, I, maybe it's the bias, but it seems quite convenient 
that you take a load of Palace fans, you take a load of away fans and go, oh they're, oh, they're rowdy, let's sort of surround them up with police and put them on a train. The most cursory well, search well, outside it, it's not hard this for is a thing. Is the most to hide flares in a fucking anorak. Well, especially Sorry. when you find out where they hide them to get them in the ground. But is Whoa, the, they've got to be tiny flares, if, that's, if you're suggesting that's where they're that's, hiding that's, them. That's what the F, the Sport Football Sports Federation, were tweeting, so suggesting that's, 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 that's the way that they get into ground. Is that why they hold them away from their faces? Maybe. But Dom, is the most worrying thing the reaction or Palace fans claiming the reaction from the police and uh, stewards outside the ground treating Palace fans who haven't done anything wrong and had tickets to get into the ground quite harshly sometimes no communication treating them essentially like hooligans in a way Um, because yeah that are, are we seeing a return not a return but just a disappointing approach from authorities to football fans it's just easier isn't it it is what, what would you have done differently then if you were I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate you're you're a, you're Brighton Hove Albion football club you've got 100 you've got people who have barged into the ground without tickets through a fire exit having let off smoke bombs apparently to confuse everybody mm. so they've t- presumably taken up a number of seats inside the stadium and you've got 150 people, 200 people waiting to get in. It's chaos all around. I, I, I just wonder what, what, we could, what we would expect them to have done. I mean, look, I, I feel horrendous for those guys who didn't get in when mm. they had tickets. But I do think that possibly they should be... Uh, OK, the police have, have stuck with their, their policy and it's been, the decision has been taken. But, yeah. you know, these were Palace fans who prevented these guys from actually getting in effectively. Yeah. I, I've, I think I, you're I'd absolutely like right. To... But I do think, as well, a lot of people who were caught up in it say so it, it, it was the attitude of someone. It wasn't oh, like... Yeah. Imagine, it yeah, wasn't absolutely. like... It wasn't the... 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 It wasn't like, I'm really sorry about this, mate. Obviously, it was like, you, you get treated the same. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you remember the first leg of the playoff game at Sellers Park? Which had been tense, but there'd been no sign of trouble, and the police erected a barrier across a barrier wall outside yeah. for no apparent Top reason. Of Park Road, yeah. yeah. Which all that did was alienate the Palace fans who want yeah. to go home that way. But exactly. it's just like, and it, it is kind of a self fulfilling prophecy in a way yeah. because if you're walking there and suddenly you're confronted with this, you get angry, and then the police respond. So it's yeah. like the police. And, and I don't think he's absolutely right. No. It is the, the fault lies in a small group of Palace fans who made a concerted effort to get into a fire. But having said that, the police also said, "Oh, they tried this." last time in the playoffs you think oh in which case definitely be yeah, I'd like yeah, to think yeah. and that's what it felt yeah. like they yeah. weren't they I'd weren't like to think if yeah. I was the police I wouldn't bar if, if, if there, there was an incident with loads of people trying to bar through fire exits with smoke bombs I would go after the people trying to bar through fire exits with smoke bombs well, not wait but once, once they're in, in the once they're in, the once once they're in though, that's, diff- that's really difficult yeah it just I'm not going to bring my personal thoughts on the police to this but it, it's just a lot easier and more convenient but to do think, it that way and it's, it's the not, attitude of if it they, if they refer to it happening before you t- it's not beyond the realms of imagination to like a lot of stewards or police or yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. It should, Brighton, should, Brighton and the police should not have been surprised by what happened but, so you're right no, they should no, have been no. surprised it should have been more of a preventative thing but than a I think it's thing. worth saying as well though that those Palace fans some of them who were waiting outside the ground for an hour you know 45 minutes to an hour and then sent home there was no trouble at all. Oh. And a lot, a lot of the fans saying that the atmosphere was civil, frustrated, yeah. but yeah. civil. No one had to go at the police. So actually, those guys there, but that's so frustrating to be in that situation. They should be commended, actually. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah. getting yeah. on with it. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? Of course. Yeah. Um, okay, shall we briefly then talk about the Stoke game? Really briefly. Uh, two on win. <laughs> Mamasako gets a last minute goal. As you said earlier, Kevin, <laughs> Palace weren't particularly... In fact, that was the first game at the end of a run of games where we didn't get what yeah. we got from performances. And, and Roy said before that game, I'll take a bad performance and a win. And that's exactly what he got. I think I was probably... The two minutes 
after the end of that game I was probably as happy even more so than the Chelsea game and the bizarre thing where we sit in the off away where Mamadou sat was slap bang I couldn't I was aware that something had happened because of the noise but you know that bizarre thing <laughs> I saw where, the net because if you can't if you don't actually see it yourself you kind yeah. of go um, you're waiting for it to be and it's so but it's it allowed was, <laughs> but, it was brilliant, but also I thought it was I thought it was tremendously to our credit that we kept trying to win that game at the end and it, and it was very good that we equalised quickly the Shakiri goal I mean it's great that he's getting a lot of credit for it yeah, but the defending for that was well, it's Mamasaka sh- that lets him yeah, def- run through literally the freedom of the defending and it's was, the exact was, same thing that happened with Nias as well yeah the defending was, was poor yeah. but I thought the fact that we didn't settle for a point at home was a, again a, a new departure that we went for the win yeah and as I say, without playing particularly well, you know, we forced them into mistakes at the end. Loftus Cheek's positioning was really good for the goal. I thought Kabai did. You know, Wolf's second attempt at the cross was brilliant. Kabai yeah. did brilliant. So that was that was it was great. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm a clever, articulate person, but all I can think is good. It's great. Um, <laughs> but was it, Dom? Was it actually an indication that um, this team is evolving? This team is learning to win when not playing badly, and actually those are more important than actually playing playing well sometimes. I guess so. It was a win. It was a, it was a, it was a tight match. I thought Soak were actually pretty good. Um, far more better yeah, than I thought. More they positive were. than they have been yeah, in previous I years. I was I was impressed with them, and it was it was it was nice to see a team grind out, Palestine grind out a home win. Um, but I don't think we should get. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it means anything in terms of the grand philosophy at Crystal Palace. I, I just think we needed to get a win from somewhere. Hodgson was desperate for to use this run of games to, to get yeah. a little bit of a springboard, and he's got it. And they, you know, there were some good performances in a, in amongst a slightly lethargic display. I thought after that sort of initial burst of energy, we did sort of amble through the rest of the first half. Mm. What's your view on Loftus Cheek and where he plays in? I've said this to to Jim before. I mean, look, he's not he's not a right winger. He has played there before in the past. He's played on the left as well for Chelsea's oh. youth teams. He's learning that role. It's not where he'll end up. He'll end up as a as an eight or a six, I guess. At Palace or at Chelsea? Chelsea. Right. Well, uh, the hope at Chelsea is that it will be at Chelsea, whether it does or not. I think will be judged at the end of this season. Um, I, I I I think he's got all the tools. He's got the physique. He's got the skill. He's got. Um, he's got the pace, even. Um, has he? I think. I think he has when he right. when he's, he's got the, certainly got the strength and that. that, that right. when he's got the ball and carrying the ball forward, he has a bit of a pace going when he when he gets gets going. If you see what I mean. What he hasn't got, and I said this to Jim in one of the post match pods. Yeah, is he hasn't got the ruthless streak and he hasn't got the game awareness yet. I don't think, but I don't think it's right to expect him to have them mm. in the Premier League at the moment because he's he's what played. How many starts he have for Palace? Nine, maybe? Yeah. Ten, yeah. possibly. He had six for Chelsea. He's 21, but he's he's sort of like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old would be who's just breaking into the first team. And I think all those, that, that ruthlessness and that knowing where the place to be, where you can make an influence, you know, make, make he's, yourself He's felt. 21. Yeah. He's younger than me. Yeah. Oh, Welcome man. to my world. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, <quite> young. <laughs> I, think he'll, I think he'll have all that. And I think at Chelsea, they, they genuinely think that he will come back a lot better. I, I read a load of stuff saying that Chelsea want to recall him um, in, in January, that they can't if he's played a certain number of games. Yeah. But I don't see why Loftus-Cheek would want to go back. No. Um, no. He's, he's not going to be in the Champions League squad. He's not going to... 
yeah, he's not going to. He's they might not be in the Carabao Cup come the new year. Mm. So wh- why would he go back? It and just seems like he's event? enjoying his time here as well, Absolutely, like yeah. Saka was last year. Yeah. Is, this, the is this loan going how loft a sheep would we expected it to go or yeah. hope for it to go? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, he said he wouldn't be in the English squad without. Well, it's straight, yeah. straight out of the FIFA campaign, isn't yeah. it? It comes to, to <laughs> he's doing really, really yeah. well and, and making starts and stuff and getting yeah. recognition. Ultimately, yeah. I think he'd like to be playing in a in a, a position that's more suited to him, and that would be a narrow three, presumably with with Luca behind mm-hmm. and then the, the front three of Azaha Benteke Townsend which I think I suspect that's what we'll morph into it, yeah. it was quite interesting after the Stoke game match of the day did a really detailed analysis about his link up with Wilf mm-hmm. which I wouldn't say it came as a surprise but when you're at the game you don't necessarily see that I mean they picked seven or eight moments when it looked like they were you don't get the sense that's deliberate though when you're watching the game but clearly people who know more about the game than I do thought it was yeah. I think what he's got is when he when he's in possession he looks as if he looks a Rolls Royce player when he's in possession yeah. he's, he's, got, yeah. he's calm he's got time sometimes that makes him look as if he's dawdling sometimes you think we're used to Palace playing on the counter attack mm. we want energy we want Yannick Balassi we want Wilfred Zaha tearing at people doing outrageous bits of skill and I think he's, he's more subtle on that unless unless he feels as if he can bully past a defender in which case he has got the physique to do that yeah um, there's a, there's got to be a patience with him. My concern in pre-season with the, the transfer policy was that we were placing an awful lot of, of emphasis on on young players. I mean, Riedeval, Loftus Cheek, and Fossi Mensah coming in as your main business. And that until, was a debut policy until yeah, second, yeah. yeah. And it made no sense because you need, as as we know, you need to be streetwise in this division. You need to have a bit of know-how, and we weren't we weren't recruiting that. But that's really interesting because of all those the three players you mentioned, I thought Fossey Mensah would be the one that started every week. Yeah, they've got the most game time. Yeah, because when you saw it, because he's physically, he seems really strong. He's always seemed confident and and as though he belonged in the Premier League when he played. And yet he's the one that Hodgson seems he's, to trust the least. He's so. always, I think he's played capably whenever he's played, even yeah. for Hodgson. But I just think I don't. It's a theory that I've heard before, but I just wonder whether they look at it. I, I think there was a certain. Frustration at the club yeah. Yeah, that they got those two loans in and they happen to be those two players right. and, th- and they thought that possibly there could be other areas of the squad that might benefit. So is it, we can't, you can only have yeah. two Premier League players on two loan. Premier League yeah. So we have to time, get one yeah. of them out to, yeah. Yeah. to get another one in. Yeah. But so that's, that's, that's a the theory. The Maybe that they're going to I mean, I think there'll like be a big investment. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be. I think they will attempt investment in in January, like they did last year. They may have to sell one to to make that possible, mm. but there is money there. And the story about Allardyce coming in for Van Hon- and Van Arnholt is that just people putting two and two together? Or was that? It wouldn't surprise me if one of the left backs left. Right. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of them, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Although Van Arnholt, for me, is where Ed and I are just discussing like the last eight games of last season. You'd, he's he's, he's made first team choice. Maybe, like maybe Schlupp is a little bit more energetic or better bit, guy bit forward. More, bit more Roy. But Van Arnold's a better defender. I mean, Van Arnold's a left footed version of Ward, isn't he? In terms of. I think he's great. Dep- yeah, I think Ward's one, a better defender. Van Arnold had one nightmare evening at Bristol City, but end of last season, we weren't saying Van Arnold was a. A Patrick, Patrick and Ward, I'd be very Man good, City yeah. winning at that experiment at centre half. Well, yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might mm-hmm. as well have played me at centre half. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, let's wrap up part 1.5 there. Um, after the break, we're going to answer some questions from you guys, our listeners. So join us in a bit. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod two thirty five. 
No one cares. Sponsored by <laughs> Vector Printing for your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jcis.com. Do I really have to do this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will visit their website. Is <laughs> <laughs> it out yet? Sorry. convincing. <laughs> you've, got, you've got one more to go yet. Got my yeah. I'm doing it now. Yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah. He does, yeah. It's too early in your pod career to start getting bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Save Sorry. that for the extra that you do every week. <laughs> it's not that no one cares, by the way, JD. It's the fact that we are like, we're waiting for the FA Cup draw. We are, yeah. On the small telly in the back room. Yeah. And we're just waiting to see which champion team we inevitably get away from home <laughs> so we're going to have live reaction to the FA Cup draw yeah, yeah. here on the pod I'll get, yeah it'll be as live it'll be a championship team away from home well we'll find out in a bit before we do that let's answer some questions from our listeners uh, and the first question is from Panda Arms 101 Hi, Panda. Panda. a regular question sent yeah. into the pod and they say does the new stand mean we'll get access to high quality hummus and falafel wraps personally I'm more of a rock cake man if the pod were to stray into the world of unlimited catering choices on match day, what would you go for? Rock cake. I haven't heard anybody mention rock cake since about 1985. Is that, is that, a Northern, is that an Endicott thing? No, not necessarily. No, is that, not really? <laughs> is that an Endicott thing? Um, hummus and falafel, that would be very bright, wouldn't it? Uh, I'm big, I love hummus and falafel. So You, you amaze me. It's nice. nice. It's, it's tasty. Hummus, love it. Who doesn't love hummus? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 How yeah, you? About? I shouldn't think there'd be a long queue. It's the same as the Real Ale stall at Wembley. There's not a long queue for the Real Ale bar at Wembley, <laughs> is it? Which is why we spend so much time drinking Real Ale before the Tottenham game. I'd imagine there'll be a lot of fancy new food stores, won't there? We don't want to go down the Spurs route, they don't. They, no. they literally do have a cheese bar going into the... <laughs> I'm not against that, to be honest, mate. Oh, come on. Or is he against the word literally, which he uses more often than he should, so (laughs) he'll be pleased. Um, A few more questions then about this. I know we talked about it, but uh, Tom Flaherty. Hi, Tom. Flaherty. Flatty? Flaherty. Flaherty, Flaherty, but Flaherty. Flaherty. Do you think your podcast will still be around when the main stand is built? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) Maybe we'll look on virtual reality by then as well. (laughs) 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 We could also have a sound-reflecting roof. AKA yeah, a roof. Um, yeah, we need to talk about that. Actually. Does, he know, does he know something that we don't? Maybe Tom does know something we don't. I don't know. Um, Nicholas, maybe the HOL are getting our own studio. Oh, mate! Oh, maybe yeah, seats thirty-four thousand. Um, Nicholas Belinsky. Hi, Hi Nicholas. Nicholas. Says, will we actually build the stadium, or will Sainsbury's colonise all of SE twenty-five? Well, that's a discussion for a different pod about the corporate takeover of the Sainsbury's pod. It's still going to, still, whatever way you you put it, however nice that stand looks, we're still going to have a Sainsbury's end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attached to I'd it, love if it was called the Sainsbury's end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it should be open to naming, you know, what, it, currently it's the main stand, but, you know, should it be, you know, oh, the FYP stand or sponsorship? The FYP was mentioned. stand. Was that mentioned? Naming, yeah. naming rights. Yeah. 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 Oh, so could we all pitch be, in? It would be better, though, surely. I mean, Steve Paris has been quite cute about these things in the past where you ask the fans to... Oh, yeah. to name it I think we're the sort of club that would rather have a Steve Koppel stand than a yeah. an Etihad stand or a Ryanair stand aren't we I think so but I guess in the modern kind of yeah, fair well, who would Palace have as sponsors if we're sticking to that thing of shiny but also a bit Palace who would our sponsors be Morley's Vector Tasty Joe <laughs> Vector <laughs> I suppose the naming rights thing is interesting Tasty Joe is <laughs> The Tasty Jerks down on the 3D plan. It was, was, it was it? there. Was yeah, it? Yeah, extended oh, all the way to Whitehorse Lane with the, the, with the, the garage and the, the Tasty, tasty Jerks stand. Would be amazing. Be if you're going to make, as obviously part of the reason we've got it is to make a lot of money, if you're going to make a lot of money out of it, it would be quite nice to not be a club that 
tries to make an extra bit of bun yeah. spite yeah. yeah naming it especially with as I saw someone point out online today the windfall we've just got from Paju and Big Sam presumably yeah which I don't well, hopefully we're not just, yeah. always going to be hungry for uh, the Andy Street's lawyer senses are tingling as we say this um, <laughs> well not sure that the Big Sam thing is definitely his right. lawyer senses got. are always tingling yeah that's true <laughs> uh, that's how he makes money um, next question is from John Dodds hi John hi John and he says we've gone back to not scoring are we too predictable with Benteke up front? Not scoring is fine as long as they're not scoring as well for the time being. Well, we've gone back to not scoring away, but we've mm-hmm. scored two goals at home for four games yeah. running, which we've never done in the... We haven't gone back to not scoring away. We've started not conceding away, which I is a good thing. Benteke, I think Benteke was really unlucky with that chance where yeah. he beat two or three players in the edge of the box. I mean, I, we've talked about this ad infinitum on the on the pod about it restricts your flexibility but I think Benteke is Roy's first time first choice and he's I think we need to wait four or five more games till Benteke is yeah. fully fully match fit before we start making judgments so we, we, when we were talking about Stoke earlier we talked about the, the guys who didn't play particularly well yeah. but scored the goals I thought Benteke coming on at half time changed that game yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, everyone, yeah, absolutely, everyone yeah. around us was saying we need someone to, to yeah. occupy him. Yeah. Yeah. But also that that thing of giving him four or five games to get, we've we've, we've always said this about Benteke, giving him four or five games to get a match fit and then see. It's like should we be get Ibra came back and he he did that diving kick that nearly went in. You know, yeah. he's a he's a he's a striker in the Premier League. Should we ben be giving Teke him that much will grace? Have a scoring streak at some point this season. He yeah. just will. But it's we, what he does. Yeah. Will. Again, it's one of those conversations we have virtually every week about Ben and how good he is. But regardless of how good he is, he scores fifteen, sixteen goals a season, yeah. and that's you know even people who don't rate him have to accept that that's a yeah. better scoring record than we've had from for a long time in the Premier League. So. Yeah. Yeah, we have another question. I mean, a lot of people were talking about Benteke. Uh, Matt Devois, De- De- Divia, I swear I say his name wrong every time. Says, does having Benteke back as the sole striker actually make us easier to defend against? And do you think Roy will change the formation to include a new striker after the window? I'd be surprised if we didn't get a striker during the window. Or two. It will definitely go for one, at least. Yeah. Probably we, another attacking player as well. Yeah. We need options. Well, we need an attacking midfield player and a striker. We need options other than Benteke. Is that, yeah. But I think the thing is that Benteke is nowhere near as isolated as he has been in the last two seasons. I think Zahar and Townsend are much closer to him than, than we have been in the, in the past. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess, mean, and actually your point about Stoke, Don, was really, was, was really spot on because uh, the first goal came from Benteke winning ahead of yeah. flicking it to, yeah, I think, yeah. Townsend. To, who to Townsend, Townsend yeah. And the second goal was Wilf. Because Wilf and Townsend, when they're together, they're so narrow, they, they want to drift out wide, and yeah. they do, and then they do that, and there's no one in there. But now, they can go out wide, and, and they're actually, like I say, there is a focal point, and the second goal came from Wilf doing that, knocking well, it back post, and we scored a rebound. Even the best chance we created at Brighton was from a Benteke flip from a Hennessy punt, and yeah. when yeah. it landed with Zaha, they both had a little go at goal. Yeah. I mean, the oh, reality ooh, is, he's... Ooh. Liverpool, Everton, third round. Sorry. Live reaction to the... Uh, to the draw. Oh, okay. Talking of the front three, then Martin Rob. Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. Has said on recent performances, would you drop Townsend and start punching? No! Whoa! No way! Show! No! Oh my God. Okay. Oh my oh, God! No! Days. Oh my Palace, God! Palace have just been drawn to Brighton away in the FA Cup. <laughs> Oh my Third god! Round. How many wow. tickets do we get? For Shakespeare that? couldn't have written this. Oh, that's inc- oh my that's god. incredible. That is in now. Oh, wow. We have to get ten percent, don't we, for cup oh, games? Wow. I believe oh, so. Yeah. Oh, 
Whoa. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's, somebody put a chain on that fire exit. <laughs> at the wow. very least. Yeah, well, they that, could never have seen that coming when it happens. Wow. They're never going to see it coming. That's going to be... My word, that's going to be incredible. That, yeah. I mean, that's going to be one of the most heavily policed games Jeez. of the season. Yeah. It's like, but that's, this is... I seem to be getting a lot This of is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is... It's like back in the day when we used to have... Cup games and league games. Wow! I didn't think I knew we were going to get live reaction to the draw. I didn't think it was going to be anything as exciting <laughs> as that. You heard it here first, folks. And something oh, and is beeping. It's all happening. We'll, we'll take a short. We'll take a break in a minute. But let's just get Dom your reaction. I never thought I'd ever say this, but let's get you on the pod. Let's Dom, get your, your reaction live, live reaction. Well, that is. I mean, it is incredible. That's incredible. All those previews in the in the week building up, all that all centered upon the FA Cup. Tie. I think it was the first round tie in '76. Yeah, with the Mullery coin incident and the fivers, and 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 in the wake of last week, now to have that again have in that. the year. You just, I mean, look. Uh, it will be interesting to see the team selections for that now oh, because yeah. you know, normally speaking, when you t- teams are in in a relegation struggle, you use the third round as the FA Cup as a chance to rest players, like Sam mm. Allardyce did last season. I mean, can Roy Hodgson rest players no, for Brighton no away? Way. I well, we did get a championship team away, but we, uh, <laughs> like we predicted. Pew, pew, pew. pew. That is crazy. Who d- was it, who was um, it Jermaine Genius that drew us out? Yeah. yeah. Wow. He, little does he know <laughs> what he's just done. I'll tell you what, they're going to be wow. gonna few, a few people at Sussex, Hampshire, Surrey Police who are, who are perturbed. Kent yeah. as well, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's great. They, to draw Liverpool Everton and then Brighton Palace. Crazy. Okay, listen, we, we all need to take a break to process what's just happened. Wow. Um, in the final part, we're going to preview Bournemouth at home and probably a little bit of this cup tie as well. So uh, join us after the break. Oh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. We're, 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 we're in good spirits, but we're also a bit gobsmacked. We don't really know how to feel right now. This podcast is sponsored by Vector Printing. For your print embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. Vector with okay. okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. <laughs> should have resigned. Shouldn't have given you pizza, should I? With chilli on it. Shouldn't have done. I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I'm feeling vindicated. Because oh. I said we'd get a championship team away. Hey. Hey. That's oh. the best joke you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you'd been brave enough to sell it yourself, <laughs> Mr. Journalist. What, I mean, what an incredible, not just, not just Palace Brighton, which obviously for us is the big one, but wow. what, what an incredible FA Cup third round draw. So many ties. It's the first time in, I can remember in years of genuinely exciting. This is always a really good day yeah well, it used to be Monday morning gathered around the radio at school but it's always an exciting day but in the last couple of years it's been yeah, but yeah. Liverpool Everton Palace Brighton yeah. Wimbledon at Wembley Wimbledon at Wembley, Wembley. Wembley yeah. Hereford hopefully against Borough Sunderland Leicester yeah Borough yeah. Sunderland yeah. yeah Shrewsbury West Ham which would be crazy a really yeah. good draw oh man I mean uh, unfortunately it means uh, there's going to be a lot of attention around Palace Brighton game probably for the wrong reasons it's, it's, it's going to be a bit crazy isn't it I don't well I think we have to we'll get more tickets won't we because we have to get I think 10% mm-hmm. minimum yeah. for cup games I I suspect I don't think it'll be a sellout in terms of Brighton fans really? Uh, yeah I think it will be from us <laughs> Why I think because well, I think you, you have to bear out and everyone in Brighton will be skiing in the Alps around well, that time well, so I'm just uh, there are a lot of that, yeah the Amex is, is a great stadium <laughs> but even Brighton fans will admit that 
it, it's a bit like the Emirates. You've got a lot of people who go to the MX to watch Premier League football. You got a lot of yeah. You got a, a proportion of the season ticket holders aren't necessarily Brighton fans, which could happen to us when we get a new stand. But it's. Oh yes, all the media people that live in Sellast, famously. <laughs> well, so, yeah, there, is, there are a lot. There are a lot of people who, who who go to Brighton as their second club side. Or do you think, because of what happened on on Tuesday, that there might be some Brighton fans who think, well, this is going to attract even more trouble, probably? So I might just give it a miss. It's, it's possible, but I mean, I'll go back to what the people I know who are Brighton fans said that they didn't actually on the night. Obviously, they're they're a different, but they didn't feel any particular heightened sense of danger. It was only afterwards that they realised it had been. All sorts of problems. So. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling, Dom? <laughs> oh, it's, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. It's a great. It's a great tie. I, I look. I enjoyed the atmosphere at Brighton last week. Um, I don't think some of the locals. I think. I, don't, I think they were unnerved by the firecrackers and the smoke yeah. bombs and the noise flares and, and the noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is, I, I, I went into the office the next day. Um, and up in town, and there's a Brighton fan who works up there who said that uh, well, she wouldn't be coming to sell us because really? she felt that that was an intimidating atmosphere within the stadium. Now, that's oh. one story. I mean, I, I suspect there were, you know, 15,000 Brighton fans who, who loved the atmosphere last Tuesday. Yeah. But I, think uh, I suspect that most fans listening to this would rather hear that somebody was intimidated. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... When, when, when <laughs> 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 You're doing a great job, mate. Yeah, so you're doing really well. No, no, when we get the new stadium with the new roof, fine, we can, we'll have all, we'll have all <laughs> yeah, sorts yeah, of yeah, roof. With um, your journalist hat <laughs> on, guttering. how many players do you... Have you heard any fe- tangible stories about players that we might have in... By not, time of the... Not effort? in time of the... I'd be surprised if any got it. In for the cup tie. When when would that be played? That's the first week, first of, week of January. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have all these grand designs that we're going to bring in these three players. I think we'll have Messi by then. I think. <laughs> That's what I think. No, just in terms of time, because one thing all Palace fans have said is that it would be nice if we did our business in the first week of the transfer yeah, window. Now, yeah. surely one of the reasons that Doogie Freeman is in is to make that yeah. put those plans in place rather than panic buying at the end uh, yeah, of January. Yeah, I, I just think when it boils down to it, the practicalities of where Palace are on the table and how much business you can set up when you've got a club still in the bottom three. I think it might be... I suspect that we'll still be on transfer deadline like waiting for one player right. at least to come in. Um, are you talking about players we can attract or wages we're prepared to play, pay when we're... I think the whole... I think the deals generally are right. going to be really expensive and right. it may be... I, it may depend on who we can get out as well and what to, when we do that the time scale of when it all happens um, I, I personally would be surprised if we had too many in by by Brighton away in the mm. cup I mean, we, well, that's pretty are we sick. expecting Palace to get a few in anyway in January but three by I'd end. say at yeah. least I think that's the ambition yeah uh, they'd like to get rid mm-hmm. of a few um, a few of those contracts are up potentially um, well when you think that like whose contracts are up Kabai Kabai's a bigger they wouldn't want to get rid of him no um I think when you look at it, we all know the ones that are on relatively big money who aren't playing in the team, who would be available. And who no might have surprise. names on the back of their shirts in VR. <laughs> Although Punch will stay, definitely. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I meant the other, yeah, the other guy. Yeah. I mean, look, if they got, but I think the problem with that is that they've been trying to shift those players for a long time, for quite a few windows now. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of Tuggy Freeman's major tasks, is to find buyers for your Jordan Mutches and your Chong Young Lees. Um, and it's it's a big ask. I mean, it's a real test of his mm. his credentials. The other thing is, you know, if they if they bring in a a goalkeeper of 
of some standing, which I think is what they want. They want a proper goalkeeper coming in. That's no no offence to the two that we've got, but I mean, where does it leave them? Mm. So where does Wayne Hennessy see his future mm. if he's suddenly shoved down the pecking order by the arrival of someone else? Yeah. So there will be there'll be some movement by fans, I think. Okay. Shall we wrap up by previewing Palace's next actual game, which is at home to Bournemouth on Saturday? Previewing, obviously, our cup tie in January. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's taken a backseat now because I think everyone's only thinking about the Brighton game. Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I thought you know. Well, what do you think? Big, I mean, one of these and another games on the run. That's a big winnable game, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's winnable. I think I think we'll again. I'll be uh, happy to just get a, a a point. Happy to get a point. Maybe a clean sheet. But I think we we should we should go for the win. Yeah, it's not. I, I appreciate the respect in the points thing. That's a lot. Uh, but now that we're sort of eighteenth, the, uh, the the heady heights. Yeah, the, and... the 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 temptation to to try and go for it and crawl our way out of the relegation zone is could be it's a, it's a, it could be a banana skin sort of game where if you if you weren't careful, Bournemouth got the quality to. Well, you would have said that about Everton, that's Stoke, Stoke, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, the the home form. Alan Pardew's West Brom. Four four games on the spin without losing at home becomes a pattern. After how many games we've lost at home in the previous two seasons? Yeah. Bournemouth are very inconsistent. They're always a useful footballing side, but they've been apparently the Burnley game at home. They were very poor. Saw the Southampton game. They weren't that mm-hmm. good. They've got if they start with Jermaine Defoe, I'd be slightly worried. But they're one of the teams we're looking to overhaul. And if our first team are fit, you'd be expecting us to. We beat Chelsea at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, so did, we did. We can't say that going into every game. I no, will. You, can, you, you, <laughs> you, you have to start doing that. You have to start saying that going into every game. You have to start saying we need to win our home games. And but I think well, we are. Every game is yeah. I think our home form, we've talked about this in the pod over the last four years, our home form is improving. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. And, and yeah. that's the, one of the big things they say about staying up, your home form has to be good. Yeah. But yeah, I think we are roof, finally, <laughs> I think we are finally, Dom, starting to see that return of fortress sellers, if you will. Yeah, that's where the improvement has been shown. And I think that's where Hodgson's found it easiest to implement the improvement. Um, the thing about Palace at the moment is when you give everybody else a seven game start in the division, yeah. there is no leeway. You have to take every opportunity that comes away. And Bournemouth at home is an opportunity. You yeah. have to take it. And the same probably applies for Watford on the Tuesday, yeah. which is a difficult fixture in terms of the table. But you look at it and think, well, you can't be dropping points. Yeah, I, I guess they're winnable, be... but they're I think harder than Bournemouth. Well, having said so, that, I would take four, I would take four points from these mm-hmm. two games. Two games. Yeah, they yeah, become yeah. we don't like to use the phrase "must win" on here, but they become "must not lose" games. Absolutely. Every game yes. now yes. becomes yeah, yeah, a "must yeah, not yeah, lose" yeah. game. Yeah, you had to get. I think Palace had to get through this eight-game stretch, which I think ends with Swansea on the twenty-third. Yeah. 23rd. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, at most losing one game. I mean, and everybody thought that would probably be Leicester away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, got to keep that. You got to keep that going. And, you, and you're right. You need a win just makes such a massive difference. As we've seen with Everton, Everton were 18th, yeah. and I've never seen a worse Everton team come to Sellers Park than that yeah. one that came the other yeah. way. Oh yeah, Big and time. yet two wins under Allardyce, um, and they're in the top Tenth. half. Top half, yeah. yeah top half. Eight places in two. Well, doesn't wins. that give you confidence at Palace that a couple of wins you could we get out of it really easily? Yeah, I agree. It will be we'll fast come, by Christmas. I think we'll, <laughs> we'll come back to right to where we started. It's like if we. End this season, end this year with sixteen points. Mm-hmm. I'll be really happy if we end the season out of the bottom three. But I think the the first thing, and we talked about this quite a lot on the pod, Dom, is that 
we had to be still in contention so Steve Parrish didn't have a decision to make. It's like if he'd been seven or eight points behind, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about bringing three new players in. He, he would mm-hmm. certainly not on Premier League wages or money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think almost whatever happens now, Touchwood, we're guaranteed to still be in touch enough for Paris to go, right, we'll, we'll give Hodgson the players we'll that he needs to, yeah. Yeah. to keep us up. Good. That's, yeah, that's the important yeah. thing is proving that we deserve we, to yeah. be able to do that. And we didn't plan that, but we've managed to bring the podcast full circle, as yeah. you just said there. Yeah. yeah, which is what yeah, all good may, podcast hosts would do. You may not have planned it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working but on I recognise that it happened. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good sign, yeah. yeah. You recognise <laughs> it happened, yeah, yeah. After 235 podcasts. Um, I think that's a good part to end the pod on that. It's been a jam-packed pod. Loads yeah. has happened. Live yeah. news has happened yeah. on the pod as we've been here. Lightning in a bottle. Which has never happened So try and get it out tomorrow rather than Thursday. I can't promise anything. Um, Dom, thanks we'll very much for coming on the pod. Yeah, it's really been, been lovely you. having you on. It's been wonderful. Kevin? Not a pleasure. Ed? Safe. <laughs> thanks for listening, uh, guys. Uh, the extra pod will be with you after, who is it? Bournemouth uh, and Watford. Maybe. Anyway, thanks for listening. What a what, what dynamic ending. After all your good work. Oh, well. <laughs> Bye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.